Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast? If you have, the best answer for doing one is Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, posting, and distributing your podcast. Anchor is available to download for your Apple or Android devices, or you can go to anchor.fm. Best of all, it's 100% free and so easy to use. So what are you waiting for? If you want to start your own podcast, download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. Anchor, the best way to make your podcast. is the Mofobo Network Podcast, bringing you the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. Now, here's your host, Neil Villapiano. What's going on, guys? My name is Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Mofobo Network Podcast here on Anchor, or Spotify, or pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. As always, thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day to take a listen. We have a ton to talk about, as always, here on this podcast in the wide world of sports. But today, we're going to be talking about something that's a little bit more near and dear to my heart. Uh, We're going to be talking about a particular player, actually. And it was announced yesterday that Vince Carter a man who has played 22 years in the National Basketball Association has officially announced that he is retiring from the game of basketball. And also with that, that pretty much means that's the retirement of my childhood. And let me explain, because for those of you that don't know, I am a huge Brooklyn Nets fan. I've actually been a fan since the team was originally in New Jersey. I was a season ticket holder in 2008. So I had the opportunity to actually watch Vince Carter along with Jason Kidd and Richard Jefferson all play together, which I've argued with some people that before the, you know, big threes were a thing, that was the original big three. And I've had a lot of people agree with me on that, that that was the original, you know, team that had, you know, three very talented star players on it at one time. Unfortunately, it didn't lead the Nets to a championship, but it certainly led to a lot of great memorable moments. And Vince Carter, he brought it every single game. He was, you know, Vince Sanity, you know, that his name was, you know, it it pretty much his, his whole nickname speaks for himself. He was basically half man, half amazing, as a lot of people like to say, particularly, uh, you know, one of my favorite broadcasters, uh, Ian Eagle would say, but You know, it was pretty sad to hear yesterday that Vince Carter announced his retirement. He was on his podcast called Winging It with Vince Carter, which I believe is on The Ring, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or The Ringer, excuse me. Um, But yeah, he announced that he, he, quote, officially done playing basketball professionally. So that pretty much says that he is retiring. Now, Vince Carter, prior to the start of the 2019-20 season, he had made it pretty clear that this year was going to be his final season in the NBA. And he said that pretty much, again, numerous times throughout the year. So when it was March 11th and the Hawks were playing the New York Knicks, it was announced during that game that the NBA was going to be put on pause 
uh, because of COVID-19. And so I don't know who convinced Vince Carter to get in, but whatever the case may be, the Hawks got Vince Carter in late in overtime when the, when the Hawks were down by something like, you know, eight or nine points. Vince Carter came in, Trey Young passed him the ball, and he knocked out one of his classic three-point shots. And Vince Carter even said on his podcast that he, it made it easier for him to go out and retire because he was able to make his last shot. He said that if he didn't, you know, it'd be a little bit harder for him to feel okay with retiring. So maybe had he not made that shot, Maybe he'd be looking to try to come back for a 23rd season in the NBA. But Vince Carter has officially announced his retirement. Um, it's a sad day for a lot of the OG Nets fans who, you know, like me, grew up seeing it, you know, when he got traded here and he became such a fan favorite right away at, with his high-flying dunks. Arguably, you could consider him one of the top three greatest dunkers of all time. Maybe the second best behind Dr. J, in my opinion. But when you think about Vince Carter, I think you have to go back to, you know, basically what he did in Toronto specifically. Because when he got drafted, when, well, he didn't get drafted by the Raptors. He was traded there from the Golden State Warriors for, I believe it was Antoine Jameson. So they did a one-for-one one during the draft. But he went to Toronto, and he basically put the Raptors on the map because of how incredibly talented he was and what he can do by himself with his high-flying dunks, his athletic ability, his clutch three-point shooting. Vince Carter in many ways had it all. And that was something that was really, really, you know, exciting for people, you know, to see in the late 90s and then obviously in the 2000s and things like that. Like he really just made people, you know, excited to watch basketball up in Canada and it made people take notice of the Toronto Raptors and they were a pretty solid team you know they had a time when it when the cousins you know uh Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady are cousins when they were playing together it was a lot of fun they had an an older Charles Oakley who also still had a lot of grit with him and and so at the end of the day Vince Carter helped put the Raptors on the map when he was there Vince Carter finishes as a 19-time all-star and, well, it says here also that Carter is 19th all-time in NBA history in scoring and was the league's rookie of the year in 1999. He averaged 16.7 points per game and played for eight different teams, and most notably, like I mentioned, the Raptors and the New Jersey Nets, because that's one of the things. But I think the thing, when you look at Vince Carter's career through 22 years, the thing that sticks out the most has to be All-Star Weekend 2000 when he made several incredible dunks, probably three of the top five greatest dunks of all time. He did the honey dip. He did the reverse windmill dunk that pretty much shocked everybody. If you go back and you watch the video of him doing it, the, the most iconic thing for me is when you see Shaquille O'Neal holding one of those old video cameras and just being like all just basically shocked and just like, how could somebody do that? Like, I think, it, I think it's fair to say that at that time, nobody had seen a guy dunk the way he was since Dr. J. And it was just incredible. And then you had that other iconic moment where after those several dunks, Vince Carter looked at the camera and just basically said, it's over. You know, he won it in a landslide. I mean, it was just incredible. Vince Carter also made NBA history earlier this year when he became the first NBA player to appear in at least one game in four different decades. That is incredible. You know, it's one thing to play in, you know, just one or, you know, two decades, but to be able to have played in at least one game in four consecutive decades is incredible to me. And it just shows you the longevity. 
the reason that I think Vince Carter was able to do that was pretty simple. He went from being a star player, a franchise player, to being a really, really good role player to eventually becoming a, a very, very good, you know, mentor for a lot of younger players. What Vince Carter did that a lot of NBA players and also a lot of athletes tend to struggle to do is adapt to the game that they see in front of them. So the NBA, you could definitely say in the 22 years Vince Carter was a part of it, adapted so much. Well, it just changed so much. And Vince Carter was able to adapt each time and understand his role. He never, especially, you know, after he left the Nets and he became a journeyman type of player, he understood his role every time he went, you know, to another team. And it was just a shame, you know, when I look at his, when I look at his career and I, and I see that, to me, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But I think the thing that obviously stands out the most is the fact that he did not win a ring. I don't even think he played in an NBA final. So he got pretty close. I think the close he got was when he was with the Nets. Uh, they got a couple times where they got, you know, you know, to the second round, but they were denied by, you know, basically LeBron James. Uh, they also were denied by Shaq and D Wade with the Miami Heat and things like that. So it was a um, it was tough because he's one of those guys that I think a lot of the league respected and were pulling for. And it would have been nice to see him play, you know, with a chance to go win a championship. I, I had said to people before that I think the NBA should force a team to sign him and just have him on their bench, you know, so that he might have a chance to win a ring. So obviously, maybe going to like the Lakers or the Bucks or wherever, you know, but obviously it's not guaranteed. So he could have gone to one of those teams, not win a chip, and that would have been the end of that. So, you know, it, it's tough. And, you know, I'm sure people are wondering, including myself, to say, does it bother Vince Carter that much that he didn't win a ring and, you know, he's not, he didn't get a chance to experience that? You know, I wouldn't be that surprised if it bothered him, but not as much as you may think. I think that, you know, after you played as long as he has – and and you you've been through so much. I think what you realize is that it's more impressive that he was able to play in four different decades. He was able to be you know continue to adapt to the game that was changing in front of him and be a consistent player and just have so many different teams be willing to bring him in. Uh, I remember you know obviously his last stop was with the Atlanta Hawks. He played the last two three seasons with them. What I loved was this past year when the Hawks came to Barclays Center and. And the Nets basically did a whole video tribute and they honored him. What I loved about it is that here's the thing. Vince Carter never played for the Brooklyn Nets. He played for the New Jersey Nets. So he didn't have any sort of quote-unquote memories playing in Brooklyn. But he said that the fact that the fans, who honestly you can make an argument there was probably a bunch of New Jersey Nets fans at that game, for them to give him the standing ovation that they gave him was, was great. And I remember so many different times where – you know, the, you know, Vince Carter was in the game and I saw it and he was about ready to pull for a three and he shot it and the whole place was going nuts because they know the type of player that Vince Carter is. They know the type of impact he made on the NBA. And it's just, it just goes to show you that, you know, a guy like Vince Carter, you know, it wasn't just about how he played the game. It, what he was able to do off the court as well and just, you know, be in such great relationships with everybody. Now, obviously, he had his, you know, disagreements and his frustrations with the Toronto Raptors towards the end of his time. He was getting frustrated that he wasn't getting recognized as much, you know, recognized by the organization 
and the team wasn't winning as much and, and blah, blah, blah. So he left on very bad terms. But you could see as the seasons progressed and he kept going back there that the fans started to really just, you know, give him the love that he deserved. And Vince Carter also said on his podcast that he that the Hawks were expected to play the Raptors in Toronto in April. So obviously that was going to be towards the end of the regular season. And that was pretty much going to be Vince Carter's last hurrah in Toronto. And I think Vince Carter said that, you know, he's tried to kind of imagine in his mind, you know, what that would be, you know, what exactly that moment was going to be like. But he said in a way, it's kind of nice that it didn't happen because he said emotionally it would have been just very difficult for him. But he's, but he pretty much, from what I, from what I listened to, because I had a chance to listen to what he said, it seems like he's pretty happy with the way his whole NBA career went and everything like that. I'm sure, you know, you know, maybe not talking on camera or anything, but I'm sure deep down there's a little bit of, um, you know, disappointment that he never got the chance to win a championship. But at the same time, I, I think you can say that he was, you know, he was definitely a guy that was just a, a great player to watch game in and game out. And I think what people don't talk about enough with Vince Carter is how clutch he was. And I'm speaking it from his experience when he was with the Nets. He had so many times during his time in New Jersey where he got the ball last second and you felt confident him shooting the ball because he knew what it took to win those games. And he would go 110%. And that was one of the things that I love is that not only was he clutch, but every single game from game one to game 82, he gave it his all. He constantly was trying to dominate the entire game. And luckily for him, he had two really great players surrounding him. He had Jason Kidd, who was one of the great passers of, of this past generation, who just always knew where to get Vince Carter the ball. He always knew that he could get it to him. He knew how to get it to him. They, they worked in sync. And then you had Richard Jefferson, who was a great rebounder, tremendous defender. And I'm glad that he had the opportunity to win a championship. Same thing with Jason Kidd. You know, but and, but they complemented Vince Carter so well that they were to, they were able to bring a lot of excitement, um, a lot of entertaining basketball, and win a bunch of games in, in those clutch situations. And that's and that's something great. You know, it was just something that you know it was it was a time period in my life growing up watching the NBA where that's what got me into the NBA watching J Kid R J. VC3, those guys, you know, people could say that, you know, because I'm only 23, you could say, oh, you must have, you know, you must have been, you know, gotten into basketball because of LeBron James or maybe even Kevin Durant. It's like, no, I actually became a fan of the NBA and the New Jersey Nets primarily because of Vince Carter. Vince Carter was my LeBron James. I was lucky enough to watch him play in his prime and be the dominant high-flying player that he actually is. One thing that I, I listen to because I've watched a bunch of videos over the last 24 hours about players and, you know, people in the NBA talking about Vince Carter is Vince Carter basically saying that his goal in the NBA was to basically go after the tallest, most dominant defensive players, particularly centers, and try to dunk over them. And there were several times where he did that. I think you go back to the Olympics, you know, the first time he was in the Olympics, he dunk, he had that you know, miraculous dunk in the Olympics and everybody remembers it. And Kevin Garnett said he couldn't believe that he just jumped over the dude. It was just like, wh where did this come from? Because again, 
I don't think anybody in the NBA had seen that type of athleticism and that type of dunking since probably Dr. J, where you just had, you know, he just, you know, levitated above everyone else. And that was something that was in, truly incredible. And, you know, it's, it, again, I, I'm talking about it, but I, I'm, I'm happy to talk about his career, but I'm also sad because, again, it kind of, like, brings that reality to me to say, like, okay, my childhood is now officially over. Like, it was still going on with someone like Vince Carter still playing in the league. But now that Vince Carter has officially retired and he's not going to be playing anymore, it's like, okay, now it's, you know, that next chapter in my, in my life watching sports and particularly watching the NBA. So it's, it's a little bittersweet, no doubt about it. Um, you know, one of the things that I thought was funny for the last couple of seasons, you know, prior to his retirement was that, Vince Carter was very popular on The Jump on ESPN, hosted by Rachel Nichols, Tracy McGrady's on there, Scottie Pippen, you know, other guys. One of the things that Rachel Nichols always bugged Vince Carter about was when was he going to retire so that he could join The Jump? Because I think a lot of people wanted to see him and his cousin, Tracy McGrady, you know, talking basketball and, and just having a good time. Well, now I think that that's a more likely than not possibility that maybe next year Vince Carter will be doing that. Who knows what the future holds for Vince Carter with regards to what he's going to do? Is I know he has, you know, a great family, several kids. I'm sure he's going to spend a lot of time with them, you know, over the next couple of, of months, maybe a couple of years. Who knows? Because sometimes athletes tend to want to get away from the game that they played and, you know, just focus on being a parent, being a husband, you know, whatever the case may be, and just, you know, do something else. Would it surprise me to see Vince Carter, you know, get back involved in the game in some way or another? No, it wouldn't, because I know that Vince Carter loves the game of basketball. I, the game of basketball has certainly been, you know, good to him. And I'm sure that there's, you know, something in the works. Maybe him being on the jump is going to be that thing that keeps him in the game. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, the big reason – other than the fact that Vince Carter felt, you know, happy about, you know, making his last shot that kind of convinced him to retire was that the NBA announced earlier this month that it would resume its season with 22 teams at the Walt Disney World in July. But the Hawks, who finished the year 20 and 47, who own the league's fourth worst record, are among the eight teams not included in the NBA's restart, meaning Carter's season and career ended in March. So again, if anybody was at that game against the Knicks, they were fortunate enough to know that they saw Vince Carter play for the final time. And even though it pretty much was a foregone conclusion when you started hearing about the 22-team playoff, 22 teams you know, going to Florida, you kind of figured that the Hawks were probably not going to get into it. Um, you know, would it have been more fair if all the teams in the NBA came back and, you know, just played eight, 10 games and everything? Yeah, but at the same time, the NBA knew that there were going to be a lot of players that say, what's the point if we're not going to be playing for anything specific? So it's tough because you look at the amount of teams that, you know, the 13 teams that got into the West, you know, that got into the Western Conference, and then you have only nine teams coming out of the East. You know, people say, how is that fair? Well, you look at, you know, where some of the West teams are. They're not that far out of a playoff spot, blah, blah, blah. The Hawks, let's be honest, have been out of playoff contention since probably, I would say, mid-November. So, you know, and I'm sure Vince Carter kind of figured that. I know for a fact from what the Hawks were saying is that Vince Carter had made such an incredible impact both on the court 
you know, with the team and in the community in Atlanta. And I think that what's great about those Atlanta Hawks fans is that they really, really, you know, you know, understood Vince Carter, what he had done in the NBA and what he was doing with the Hawks. And they really loved and respected and pretty much admired him for doing it. And, um, you know, I know Vince Carter had said before that he really, really enjoyed and or has enjoyed his time with the Atlanta Hawks. So, you know, who knows? I would love to see Vince Carter's jersey get retired by multiple teams. I think, you know, obviously Toronto, it, it would make sense for him to be the first player in their franchise's history to have his number retired. He deserves it. I think the Nets should also retire his number because, look, Jason Kidd had the same impact. And Vince Carter, you know, you could say that, that, that those three guys, Vince Carter, Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson, I think all of them should have their number retired by the Nets because during their time together, they put the Nets on the map. That was one thing that Vince Carter did no matter where he went. He was able to put these teams on the map, particularly the Raptors and the Nets. And obviously when he went to Dallas, and I think he also played in Phoenix and, you know, Atlanta and things like that, you know, you, you could say, well, did he have, you know, that type of impact with them? Not as much, but still, when you, when you had Vince Carter on your team, people came to watch. That was, just the, that was just, you know, reality. When the Nets hosted the Hawks this year, and we knew that that was going to be Vince Carter's last game, you know, against the Nets before he retired, or obviously after, you know, this, before the season ended, you could see the amount of people that showed up and loved Vince Carter, like absolutely loved him because Vince Carter is one of those star players that was just beloved by so many people in the NBA. He really didn't have beef with that many people. He really didn't, you know, piss off a lot of fans other than maybe Toronto, you know, towards the end of his time there. But at the same time, he, he was still beloved. He was one of those it's one of those guys that like you look back and you say, did anybody really have like massive, massive beef with? I'd be hard-pressed to say no. I could be totally wrong. There could be things that, you know, people might mention that say, oh, well, what about this? What about that? And it's like, well, you know, obviously, I didn't know that originally, but I'm glad that someone shared it with me. But here's the thing. Here's the thing at the end of the day with Vince Carter. And, and, I'm, and for me, I'm talking about Vince Carter to probably an audience that maybe didn't get a chance to see him play in his prime. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that listen that, have seen Vince Carter as the elder player, and they say, you know, what exactly did they did he do? Vince Carter was another one of those once-in-a-generational talents, okay? And he went to Toronto. He got traded there, and it was divine intervention, in my opinion. It was – he was supposed to go there. That's the thing. And it, was, it pretty much was destiny for him – to go to Toronto because the Raptors needed a player to help get people excited to watch a sport in a country where another sport, hockey, you know, is king. And it still is. I'm not trying to be, I'm not, I'm not trying to show disrespect. You can see obviously with what Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors last year were able to do by finally winning a championship and bringing the championship north of the border. You know, it's great, but I will say this. If it wasn't for Vince Carter, maybe the Raptors are a much more struggling franchise. Maybe they wouldn't have, you know, those diehard fans that we've seen. You know, maybe they don't have that. So, again, what Vince Carter was able to do in his time with the Raptors is phenomenal. And he's had so many iconic moments like the, 19, like the 2000 All-Star Weekend 
and all the crazy dunks that he did, you know, the VC3 calls when, you know, back, you know, when he was in East Rutherford, you know, and, and all these different things that, that he was able to do. And I'm just so happy in my lifetime that I got the chance to see a player like that play in his prime. Because, you know, I've had the opportunity to see legends play, but usually towards the end of their career when they don't have very much left in the tank. For Vince Carter, I got to see the majority of his career, even when he was in his prime, and he was one of the top three players in the NBA. I think for a while, when, you know, when LeBron was coming up, I think you could still make the argument that it was like LeBron and then Vince Carter, and maybe even for a little bit, it was Vince Carter, then LeBron. And I'm sure if you were to talk to LeBron James, one of those guys he admired playing against was Vince Carter. And that would have always been fun. I had said to people, you know, you know what would have been fun? if Vince Carter and, you know, LeBron were on the same team. Because knowing both of them, they're very aggressive, you know, type of dunkers. Le, you know, LeBron is a more, you know, drive the basket and just try to throw it down as hard as possible. With Vince Carter, he did that, but he also had the athletic ability to make those dunks even more unbelievably amazing. You know, to, to just make you fall back on your chair and say, oh, we've never seen a dunk like that. And then he'll just go and do the same thing the very next night. So. Vince Carter always was a guy that gave it his all. He wanted to please the crowd. He wanted to, you know, become, be known as one of the best players of his time. And I think he succeeded that 100%. Now, Commissioner Adam Silver also made a statement yesterday about Vince Carter and saying, quote, Vince Carter has made an indelible impact on the NBA with his remarkable skill and enduring commitment. Silver called Vince Carter, quote, a true ambassador of the game. And I agree with that 100%. And, you know, Adam Silver, who originally worked under David Stern, obviously also got the chance to see Vince Carter play throughout his career. And Vince Carter, at the end of the day, was a half man, half amazing. He was Vince Sanity, one of the greatest dunkers in the NBA, without a doubt, a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I wish him nothing but the best. And I would say if by any chance he possibly is listening to this, that thank you so much for what you did for the game. Thank you so much for what you did for me as a Nets fan, having the opportunity to watch you play. Thank you for, you know, all you did for all the young players that, you know, have, have had the opportunity to play with you and to learn under you. And I wish you nothing but the best in your next part of your life. Um, and congratulations on an astounding 22 years in the NBA, the only player to play in four different decades, and you were just great. So thank you so much, you know, Vince Carter, for everything that you did. And with that being said, that is going to do it for this edition of the Mofobo Network Podcast. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. It always means the world to me to know that I have people out there that take time out of their day to, to listen to hear what I have to say. Uh, I appreciate people giving me feedback, and I want to hear from you guys more. So I'll give you an opportunity to find out where you can you know, contact me and let me know what you guys think. So if you enjoyed this, make sure you subscribe to the Mofopo Network podcast on Anchor and Spotify and wherever you look for podcasts. Just search for my name, Neil Villapiano, or Mofopo Network, and you will find it. We also have a Facebook page that keeps you up to date with the latest episodes here on the podcast and we also have a youtube channel where we post a weekly video very similar to here on the podcast about a certain topic that's going on at that time so go like and subscribe to the youtube channel as well 
You can follow me on Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, where you can, you know, follow me, DM me, let me know what you guys think, any sort of topics you want to, you want me to discuss, please, you know, let me know. I'm all ears. Also follow me on Instagram at NVPQB11 to also, you know, stay in contact with me. Also, make sure to go check out my other podcast, the Devil's State of Mind podcast, which is the New Jersey Devils-based podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We post a new episode every Monday. So every Monday, you get an opportunity to hear another podcast with either a special guest and we, or we just talk about topics that are going on with the Devils and also the world of hockey as we are discussing it. There's some things going on in the next 24, 48 hours that we'll definitely be discussing on the latest edition of the pod, of the Double State of Mind podcast. Episode 4 will be out this Monday. And if you want to stay up to date with when those podcasts come out, here's what you do. You could follow the Devil's State of Mind Twitter account at Devil's State. You can follow the Devil's Instagram account at Devil's State of Mind. And you can also follow our Facebook page where just like with Mofobo Network, you can keep up to date when the newest and latest episodes come out. And you can also subscribe to the Hockey Podcast Network on Google Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, everywhere you find podcasts. Go search Hockey Podcast Network, and then you'll see a list, and you'll see Devil's State of Mind, and you can listen to the newest episodes every single week. So definitely go check that out. And last but certainly not least, go check out my book on Amazon.com called J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 which is the pain and ecstasy. Now, forget about the ecstasy of being a New York Jets Fan, so it, it's a great book. It's a great book for for Jets fans and football fans and people in general. So if you are a Jets fan or you are a football fan, if you know somebody that's one of those or you just want to support me, please go check it out on Amazon.com. It's available for hardcover and ebook for the price of nineteen sixty nine. And if you're a Jets fan, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So thank you all very much. And as I always say at the end of every episode. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter what hardships you might be dealing with, you know, especially right now with everything that's going on with COVID-19, just remember when you wake up in the morning to kick some mofobo. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will catch you all in the next episode. Everyone be safe. Continue to wash your hands. Practice social distancing. Shout out to all the essential workers out there. You know, your, your tireless you know, effort to keeping us safe does not go unnoticed. We appreciate you every single day and God bless.